0: Hey, 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 Tim, the taxman, Thompson. And I want to talk to you today about that S-Corporation letter that you got from the IRS. And I don't care if you got it today or 10 years ago or 20 years ago or forever ago. This one applies to you because I want to make sure you don't pay $36,500 per employee per year. Stick around. So I'm getting a lot of grief about Tim the Taxman Thompson and I'm just saying, hey guys, I grew up watching Home Improvement with Tim the Toolman Taylor. And gosh, it was pre-COVID somebody said, you ought to go by Tim the Taxman Thompson. And we all laughed and said, eh, that's corny. And I thought about it, I was like, wait, I'm corny, so let's go with it. So we're going with it. But anyway, I digress. Let's make sure you don't pay $36,500 a year in excise taxes because you screwed up after you got that S corporation letter and did something screwy with health plans. You know, me, myself, I run mine as an S corporation. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night just going, oh my God, what's this health care eligibility thing? And ever since Affordable Care Act, keep in mind, folks, we've been in Affordable Care Act for nearly 10 years now. Uh, And ever since then, I've been worried that I haven't done something right with my health care plan. Well, today I want to alleviate all the stress. I want to alleviate my stress, your stress, anybody's stress that you know that has an S Corp or an LLC that's treated as an S Corp for tax purposes and make sure that they don't pay the $36,500. Now, where's that coming from? If you have a plan that's not in compliance with the ACA, you could be liable for up to $100 per day per employee. So I did the math for you. 100 times 365 days in a year, $36,500. $36,500. Okay. And here's the other real kicker. It's a lot of times the IRS doesn't come knocking until a year, two years, three years later. And if you just rocking on your merry way, thinking everything's good, and then you get that at the door one day, I hope you could hear that knock. And they come in and say, hey, we think you've done this wrong. Uh, and we're three years later. That's a whole lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. That's 109.5, if I did my math real quick, right? So let's make sure we don't do that. Make sure we obey all the laws. Make sure you're in good shape and not facing an excise tax. Because guess what? That's not tax deductible. That's just coming straight out of your pocket. So today I'm going to go over the three main scenarios. And at the end, I'm going to kind of try to pre-address some FAQs that uh, I get pretty routinely through here and I think you might have them too as you watch it. So our first scenario is going to be where you have a one or two owner operation and that's it. There's no employees, okay? That one's pretty straightforward. That one feels and acts like what you've probably done all along where you had a health plan or you may even be been covered under a spouse's health plan, in which case this, all, this whole thing is moot. But um, let's say you got a health plan from somebody you know and you're deducting that cost, the the big thing to look at there, go look at your W-2 sometime and make sure that Box 1 is higher than Box 3 and Box 5 and that the difference between Box 1 and Box 3 is plugged in down in Box 14. That's probably what you're going to see, not in every case, but it's going to be really close to that. And Box 14 is going to have that amount that you're supposed to deduct for self-employed health insurance. That's by and large what we see a lot on new startups. S-Corps or LLCs that convert to or not convert to S-Corps but LLCs that get treated as S-Corps. Okay so that's one scenario. Then there's the scenario where we have somebody or, or multiple bodies that own an S-Corp and have full-time employees. Now I want to stop right here and say one thing. From here on in when I'm referring to employees and these penalties they're gotta be, they've got to be full-time employees. If you've got part-time employees uh you're under no uh, obligation to provide them a group plan but full-time employees uh if you're going to offer a plan you have to offer it to everybody okay so when i say employees i'm referring to full-time anyway let's keep going so in the other case where we have multiple owners uh and multiple employees that are not owners uh some folks ran out there and said well look i've got to go i know that i've got to have a group health plan that's correct and it has to be an ACA-compliant group health plan, and you got to offer it to everybody, and you will then avoid that $100 per day per employee penalty. Okay, So that's a good scenario for you that uh, if, you're, if you're obeying the rules right, you get to write that extra that you're covering for your employee's office fringe benefits. Your W-2s are still going to look the same as what I described earlier under the single owner uh, plan, uh, and everything will be hunky-dory. It's when it comes in and and this is where I see things happen. People convert to the S-corp and this is the third scenario where they've got a S-corp owner, they've got some of these full-time employees and that S-corp owner that, that just converted into an S-corp uh, has just been having his, own, his or her own health insurance and these other folks, they're not offering anything and that's where the big slap on the wrist come. Now listen, under ACA, you're gonna say, wait a minute, I th- I thought if I had under 50 people, I didn't have to offer them group health. You don't. If you got under 50 people, you don't have to offer them a group health plan uh, at all. But you don't get to write off your own. That's the thing is the health plans have to be uh, equivalent for all employees, regardless of status. Okay, so either offer the plan or don't offer your own plan. Don't have your own plan that you're writing off through the business. Of course, get covered under health insurance if you need it, but. Don't write it off in the business if you're not offering a a similar health plan or a group health plan to your employees. So that's the big thing. You wanna avoid that 36,500 per employee per year, or if you want me to really tell you what it says in the law, it's $100 per day, but let's face it, the IRS isn't monitoring you day by day. They're monitoring you two, three, four years after the fact. That's a big old penalty that you could owe. It's not actually a penalty. It's a big old excise tax that you could owe. It feels like a penalty. It is a penalty as far as I'm concerned uh, if you don't get this right in the first place. Okay? So um, the big thing is going into offering a group health plan that is the same for everybody. There are no tiers to the plan. Uh, You can't make it a little more favorable to the owners or less favorable to the employees or any of that kind of stuff, okay? So that's kind of it in a nutshell, but one of the things I want to make sure we address is any questions that you might have that may pop up uh, because they always do because this is a confusing area. And listen, this is one of those areas that not only do you need to make sure you're talking to your tax advisor, but you also need to be talking To a good health plan person and not just getting your own without consulting somebody and making sure that this is a plan that's going to be compliant under the terms of the ACA, okay? And that's what I'm going to try to address with some of these FAQs. So let's go to the first question that I expect I'll hear. First off, does the health plan need to cover only the shareholders and their families? And the short answer to that is no. The health insurance plans within an S corporation they've got to extend to cover everybody, all the current full-time employees. So that's a pretty straightforward uh, answer on that. Um, Question two, and I addressed this a little bit earlier, is can the eligibility criteria favor a highly compensated person? So let's say you brought in a big hitter, but they're not an owner, okay? And you think, man, I gotta throw everything in the kitchen sink at this person to make them wanna work here, and I'm gonna give them the Cadillac health plan. Can't do it. If you do that, it's $100 per employee, not that employee, per all employees. If you have five employees, but you're trying to hire the heavy hitter and give them a favorable plan, you're going to get yourself up a creek because you got five people, five times that $100 a day penalty. And again, I'm not going to do the math because it's going to get exhausting, but that could be a huge, that's a half million dollar penalty if they don't catch it for a few years. Okay, So let's not go down that path. Okay, Question three. Who should be covered under these health plans? Okay, group health is group health. It should cover or be offered to all your employees. Now this is a cool piece. They don't all have to take it, but it has to be offered. Same plan offered to everybody out there uh, that that is considered full-time employee in order for you to be compliant. Okay, so let's move on to question four. Uh, Are there limitations on the benefits that are provided? And actually, yes, there are. The health benefits have to align with customary coverage, say that fast, customary coverage, uh, determined by the insurance provider. And again, that's where working with a good uh, insurance person uh, will help you out. If you don't know of any, feel free to reach out to us. We've got a few that we uh, refer to quite often. Okay, question five is how do these reimbursed individual health insurance plans work? Now, I didn't, talk about that much earlier. It is in the full blog article if you want to read that on our website and we'll post those links where we can. But uh, typically the reimbursed individual health plans can qualify. However, you got to be real careful and it's crucial that they be made under an accountable plan. What is that? That's too much to go into on this podcast. I'll tell you that much for now. Uh, but look it up on the on our article and hopefully it'll answer those questions. Uh then question six is always about are self-insured plans viable you know uh, they can be used Uh, they do come with their own set of challenges though and i'm not going to shy away from telling you about those Uh, they require adherence to a bunch of rules especially the non-discrimination rules Uh, and there's all kinds of these little tests you got to pass and when you're a small business uh, we don't see a whole lot of that now Larger businesses that are still being treated as S-Corps, they probably got at least one person hired, if not staff hired, to make sure that they stay according to those policies. So self-insured plans probably not going to be something that uh, you're going to see dealt with uh, if you're watching this video, I'll put it that way, or listening to this episode. the seventh question that we have often is, can the owner or shareholder eligibility surpass that of regular employees now, what does that mean really um can a uh let's say you let's say you bring in on a new shareholder somebody's going to invest in your business uh and you're going to make them a ten percent owner in the business and you want to speed it up just like I talked about earlier with the uh the the high powered salesperson or something like that you can't change the eligibility for a person because that's discriminatory in practice, okay? So I can't bring somebody in as a uh, employee owner, you know, part owner uh, and say, okay, in day one, we'll put you on insurance. That's not, you can't do it that way. You gotta have them, it's gotta be the same. So if it's a 90 day grace period before somebody can join the plan, it's gotta be 90 days for everybody, okay? So make sure that you don't fall into that trap. Another question we get is how do you determine if something you know of these benefits what's deductible and they really fall into two categories There's the owner benefits and then there's the employee benefits uh, And as discussed earlier, they are both treated differently uh, The article goes into it in a little bit more detail. So feel free to look at that uh, but That's Really nuts and bolts of it that boils down to those two categories and then the last question we get a lot is, what's the best way that I ensure compliance? Listen, you can't tell the way I keep referring you back to the article. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of little intricacies, lot intricacies a lot of moving parts. And this is one of those uh, things was it Franklin, Franklin, I think, that said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. This is worth 36,500 pounds of cure as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and we're not talking in the... Uh, Uh, overseas uh, monetary units here. Uh, But definitely do your homework. Make sure that you're getting everybody's answer saying, yep, you're okay. This is going to keep you safe from $36,500 a year per employee penalties, and you'll be good to go. Confusing subject, no doubt, um, but a very important subject. and, And I'm sure that I didn't necessarily clear it all up for you, but if anything, maybe raised a question or two uh, that's going to make you go look back and make sure that you're doing everything above board, making sure that you're offering all your employees. That's really the nuts and bolts of it. If you have employees and you're writing off your own insurance, you need to make sure that you're offering them the same level of insurance. And if you're not, get on a group plan ASAP and hope to goodness that nobody ever comes looking at it. That's all I've got for today. Listen, I appreciate you for tuning in. I know that this is a pretty heady, thick subject. Um, and by all means, we'd love to hear back from you if you've got any questions on the matter. Uh, wherever you're watching, listening, whatever you're doing with this episode, please, uh, it means a lot to us. If you'll like it, comment on it. You know, do the hearts, do the thumbs up, share it, do whatever you got to do, comment that's a big deal. If you have a question, leave a comment wherever you're watching it uh, or wherever you're listening to it. If you want to watch it, if you keep hearing me say watch, and you're like, "Whoa, well, what? Go over to YouTube. The handle is at MyDFWCPA. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, of course, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at the email I left you earlier, podcast at TimThompsonCPA.com. Of course, TimThompsonCPA.com is our website. Uh, would love for you to reach out for us there. Uh, Of course, subscribe, whatever you're listening on, subscribe, that helps us as well. We appreciate everybody that's starting to jump on the wagon. Uh, You know, I started down this path several years ago, then COVID hit. And so that's what you're going to see if you go over to the YouTube channel, by the way, is some COVID videos and then nothing. Uh, And I thought, man, I bought all this equipment. I need to take advantage of it. So (laughs) here we are. Um, But yeah, get on there like it, subscribe it. We're going to try to put one of these a week out, uh, even during busy season, to try to help everybody out. Try to answer some questions so maybe you don't uh, need to call. And if we create more questions, give us a call. We'd love to help you out. Thanks a lot.